0: Hello and welcome to Paper Tuesdays. Michael Dwyer, Mark Halpin
1: Michael, who is our guest today? Today we have Skarna's finest uh, athlete This is Ryan
2: Davin Ryan, what's the crack? Uh, not much, lads Not much I wouldn't say Skarna's finest athlete There's loads of fine athletes around there Is there?
0: there? Is. Oh, Noel Morris Oh, Hoppy. right Hoppy's from no, All the Morris's are, okay. are from Skarna, yeah. yeah, they compete there <laughs> Yeah, yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. I just run really far and cycle really far. So it's not really hard. It's just you keep going. You just have to be stupid and you're really good at these sports. So you,
1: Mark's big one is you just have to put one foot in front of the other, isn't that right, Mark? Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's all it is.
0: Uh, Michael done a triathlon before. I did. Uh not quite four hundred miles, no. but uh yeah. Yeah. So
1: I did the, what was it, a kilometre and a half uh swim, to a yeah. 4k cycle, 10k run, so yeah. Uh, okay, so My time wasn't anything extraordinary or anything, but it was good to do it. This man was my lifeguard for the occasion. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was on my phone on the beach.
2: <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah, so Ryan, you might tell us, what did you do on the 1st of July? Uh,
2: So 1st of July, well, hopefully we'll soon be validated, but a set of world records, and right. um, Going from Dublin to London, first person in history to do it. Um, So, started in Dublin, uh, ran a double marathon throughout the night. We got to work alone and uh, rode an ocean rowing boat across the sea. It was meant to be 96 miles, ended up being 108 in the end with the tides and the currents. And then I arrived over in Wales and then jumped on a bicycle and cycled 245 miles to London, all back to back. Um, That's what I did on the 1st of July. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the total time? Uh, total time was 90 hours, but the total moving time was 64 hours. So there was a couple of hours lost in between. Um, there was a bit of time lost in the bike section where we had to drop people off, for example. And then I need I did need to sleep for a little bit as well. But yeah, 64 hours total moving time. Um, it's a long, old time, I tell you, lads. I'd say so a world record how
1: how um how has that been defined or how have you gone through the process of that
2: so it's all sending the goodness book of records now and for them to validate so it's it's with them and uh well it's never been done before so speaking to them it's like it is a record Uh, it just needs to show that we didn't have a motor in the boat and it wasn't drove from certain sections and it was all actually me doing it so we've all the camera footage we've all the data there, so fingers crossed. You know, in the next couple of weeks, that will get validated, and I can say I have a world record, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, wow. Okay, so. there's so many areas that we go here, right? Like, I'm right. We will start with the run. You didn't take a straightforward route with the run. It's not a Dublin to Arco straight down the M11. No, you said you'd go around and see Powers Court and Loctay. What's going on there, Ryan? Why?
2: Oh, well, we see the, the guy's so big. The company they're sponsoring, you know, I wanted to give them good footage. So made sure we going through the mountains to make it a bit more interesting. You know, no mm. one wants to see just a dull coast road. So we said we go through the mountains and um, love that route. I wanted to do a race there last year, but it got called off and it's something i've said i want to do for a while and just the thought of like running from dublin back home to our well mm-hmm. to actually like i think it's so cool uh so i said you know what let's let's make it happen pick the route uh very hilly uh wouldn't recommend it if i was uh if you're going to do a 400 mile trap i probably do a different route because you will be <laughs> fucked and um, the two other guys i had with me bless them you know they were meant to stick with me but they uh they dropped off in bits and, you know, um, one stopped and then the other was starved, and vice versa. So yeah, it was nice to have company on it. But, yeah, I got it done by myself. And we had a uh, 6,000 feet worth of climbing, uh, which is quite a bit on a run. Wow.
1: OK. And like, where? how do you get to this point? Right. How old are you? And like, when did you first hear of like people like David Goggins and you thought, hey, I can be him?
2: Uh, I never really look at David Goggins and think I could be him because, I yeah, I for me I don't see myself as anything different to anyone else. I just see myself as a normal fella. Um, fair enough, I can run really far and cycle really far, but it's just all effort, you know. It's all um perception, and you know, I can go a bit longer than other people, you know. and um, I wouldn't say I'm anything extraordinary or anything like that. Just I just have a a weird kind of I don't know tolerance towards endurance i enjoy it i like going to the point of seeing where it's breaking point and i found that last year when i was doing a race but i didn't i that um haven't found it yet again so trying to just push myself to the absolute limit and uh yeah try to set a few more records moving forward and um, so hmm.
1: like is there was there a time when you were like, oh, this is open to me? I know you, you described that moment after completing Ironman that you were felt a bit flat after that. You know, it could be could have you could have got more out of it, and then this is where yeah, this idea came from. Is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so like I grew up racing motorbikes. I was really, really good. I won Irish nice championship and um, back in the day. So my life's always kind of been very competitive, and then I stopped racing when I moved to to London, and um, just because I had. To get a job, and I just didn't have time anymore to race motocross at a decent level because um, you need to be practicing during the week and, yeah, just didn't have the time. And um, found myself, just as everyone does, kind of just going into, like, a mundane life of, you know, going out on the weekend, going out on the weekend, sorry, and just, I found it boring. I was like, I don't want my fucking lo- rest of my life to be like this. So, um just did a, did my first marathon um, off the back of one of my uh, cousins passed away. And just raised some money for him and really, really enjoyed it. And then uh, just fell into it, kind of just got a bug, did a marathon, did another marathon, did some tough mothers and things like that. And then um, went on to do my first triathlon, which was Ironman. And, you know, I just, I like trying to go bigger each time. And it's, yeah, first race I ever did running was a marathon, first uh, triathlon I ever did was Ironman, and first row was rowing from Ironman. Uh, wexford to, to Wales, so uh, throw myself in at the deep end all the time. Fuck, uh, I like, what's next? I what's next should. after
0: that? If you keep building, what's next after like the 400 mile? Like, what's I after? Have record? Some,
2: I have some mental ideas, uh, Whoa. that are a lot bigger than the 400 mile shot. line, and so wow. they'll, they'll come soon, they'll come soon. Amazing, but
1: That's brilliant, right. But you kind of said there that everyone should do it or something you, you were going to. What, what did you mean? Oh, yeah.
2: I, I don't think we're put on this earth to sit there and fucking watch Netflix. If you want to do that, to me, that is the epitome of death. You know, I want to push myself and I want to challenge myself. And I love the fact that going through that weird stage of like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. This is terrible. This is so hard. And you come out the other side and like, shit, like I am actually, uh, I'm capable of so much more than what I th- I thought it was. And when you're gonna get that feeling, it's it's it, you keep chasing it, and that's what I'm keep chasing: bigger and bigger events. But I just I definitely think people should push themselves, and that's not just in like tracklands and stuff. That means in life, you know, go push yourself in your professional, you know, your career, or go do your sports, or be the best parent you can be. Just be the best person you can, but just make sure you're pushing yourself.
1: So that's music to your ears, Mark.
0: Yeah, it's very refreshing, mm-hmm. I suppose. A lot of people, it's very easy to slip on today. As you said, Netflix, sitting down, going to work, coming home. Then you're tired, you're sitting down all day and you just don't do anything. And yeah. I suppose it's momentum, right, as well. Like, as you've seen, you started off small and it's just built from there. Like, you didn't just wake up and run that marathon either. Obviously, it went for runs beforehand. They were short Yeah, or...
2: of course. It's it's all effort, you know. And every day, you have to put the effort in. If you don't want to put the effort in, you're not going to get the results. It's that simple. Mm.
1: I was struck this, this morning I was on radio and uh, there was this ad in Longford and he's 79 and he did a Comrades Marathon, which is 90 kilometers. He did it in or 90 miles, maybe. He did it in 15 hours. But yeah. uh, the the host said, I asked the host, oh, would you run three or four miles a day or so? Or would you ever do run or something? She said, absolutely not. And I just I'm struck by the this The discord there between your version of you know everyone should do it everyone should expose themselves to this sort of thing versus the person who has their job has the struggles of life and doesn't see the the need to um to engage in that uh challenge
2: yeah i think you know challenge pushes us as human beings and by doing so you know it just helps you in so many different aspects of life you know why do we see so many people with anxiety and depression nowadays because all they do is sit around on their rest and not do anything if you don't push yourself you're not going to experience that you know life is hard we all have down days and that's that's inevitable it happens but you know push through it and you will come out the other side a better person but this is this is the thing with challenge and just cushion yourself and i just can't reiterate it enough that the fact that we all should just do it in some aspect that doesn't have to be sports it could be anything in life but just make sure you're giving everything you're all um because yeah i can't do anything but that
0: mm. have you had any injuries Ryan, or did you get any from the the 400 mile
2: uh nothing from that and um, because in fairness my coach he's really really good shout out to Shane finn uh like he has got experience so he did 24 marathons back to back uh he cycled across america uh i had a coach previously when i did ironman and when i told him that i wanted to do this he just laughed and he said nah that's not possible i said well fuck you you're not the right guy for me <laughs> uh and got rid of him and got shane you know because shane listens to what we're trying to do and we put a plan in place and it's all about that you know it, it looks massive and yeah, it is big on paper, but when you just break it down into smaller chunks, it, it's so easy to manage and it was very manageable. Don't get me wrong, there was hard points throughout the whole event, but it's just about breaking it down into them smaller chunks that are, you know, bite-sized chunks, I'd say, and just doing that, focus on that section, that's done, let's go to the next one and that's just how I get it done.
1: You commented there on earlier on the rolling site. So then, when you get to Arco, you had a great video on your Instagram describe with with a fella who used to roll from Arklow, um there, yeah. whatever, and the sandbanks and all. And yeah, it just yeah, seems yeah. like you're really diving into the deep end. Tell us uh, your your experience beforehand and and how that went
2: with rowing. I have none, uh, zero experience rowing. Um, Long story short, the kind of whole concept for the event came because I was selected to row the Atlantic um, in December. So I was a reserve rower to, to row across the Atlantic um, through a company called Monkey Fist. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't have to go. but fortunately, I didn't go because none of the guys got injured, thankfully. Uh, but just the idea of like, oh, I've got a boat now, kind of. And then I thought, you know, that would be pretty cool. So no rowing experience previously. Came up with the idea. uh, And then um, we were meant to go rowing a couple of weeks before the event. The skipper got uh, a COVID jab and got really bad off the day. So he couldn't go rowing in the end. So I was like, okay, well, we'll, the boat's arriving on the Monday before the event. And we're starting to Thursday. So we'll have a couple of days in the water. Then the skipper gets COVID. So he couldn't come. So then his panic station is trying to find someone else to do the row. And I don't know if you've seen any videos. There's a guy with a. With a hat with a little spinny thing on top. Like I found him like two days before the event. I said, look, you're free to come row across the RC. He's like, yeah, I'll join you. Danny's his name. He's a lunatic. And uh, yeah, just said, yeah, I'll come, come join you. And that was it. He was a skipper. He's got plenty of experience rowing, so thankfully. Um, But yeah, jumped in the boat the day before. Did like 20 minutes out of the, war- the harbour, back in. That was pretty hard i said and then i uh, went home tried to go to sleep before the start of the run that day and that was it
1: wow um, <laughs> the, <laughs> it's amazing um uh, the the boat i saw the boat there today you really weren't joking when you were saying that this is an eco-friendly uh zero carbon zero sorry yeah
2: zero,
1: zero carbon. carbon zero carbon is that it yeah you, you have solar jet. panels on this rowing boat what what how what went into it to make it so uh,
2: carbon-friendly? Okay, so the boat is is made by a company called Avon Marina. Uh, they own it. And uh, they were very, very... Um, look, they gave the boat to me for free of charge because I heard what the challenge was. It's just it wow. to raise awareness between mental health and uh, zero carbon emission travel. Um, so the building of the boat is, well, like any other boat, it's all made from, well, I don't know what the stuff is called, fiberglass, and then, like, there's no... The batteries is recharged through uh, uh, solar power, as you said. And uh, the water then is, you've got a water maker in the boat where you can take the salt water and turn it into fresh water. But that boat just come back from around the Atlantic. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you've seen Pritch, uh, the guy with the blonde hair. He was around the Atlantic on it. And um, yeah, he said he joined me then for my little adventure.
1: I know who Pritch is. Oh, this he, is the fella that he used he's to be vegan on. as well, isn't he? Or-
0: He's, yeah, you know, yeah. He was on Dirty Sanchez. He was on Dirty Sanchez. Yeah. That was, it was quite, Unbelievable.
2: It was, yeah, it was quite surreal, you know. I'm here. We started to run and uh we we're running there along and just thought Fucking hell, I'm here running with Pritchard, like this is mental. <laughs> but then when we we're in the boat, and uh I probably shouldn't say this, but we were there drinking a bottle of paddy. I've kept it as a souvenir. So <laughs> <Somewhere>. someone uh, someone <laughs> said to us before we started the race, uh just messing was do you want anything? I say, Oh, I love a big bottle of whiskey messing, just because I'm about to go across this ocean. And he goes, All right, no race. And comes back with this bottle of paddy. He was like, oh fuck, you gotta drink it now. <laughs> so uh yeah, we're in the middle of the sea and it's dark and the storm is going and I'm falling asleep. And I was like, you know what? That, that bottle of paddy's coming to use now. So started drinking it, me and him, and it's pissing out and rain, the boat's all over the place. We're listening to the music, like, blasting out Slayer on the on the radio. And I was like, I'm here with Pritchard from fucking Dirty Sanchez. Like, this is a fucking mad, roaming across the Irish Sea in a storm. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah, it was mental. Wow. And um, yeah. there was plenty of them kind of, like, surreal moments where you had to kind of pinch yourself. I'm like, God, this is actually happening. But, yeah, it was, it was kill. Cool.
0: That's mental. Uh, dirty Sanchez like the Welsh jackass. Oh, so right. Was like, okay. Was yeah. Wow. Catching the mouse traps and lights like, on fire and stuff.
1: Yeah. Genie, Mac.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I said to him, you caused me so many scares over the years. Like, <laughs> me and my brother tried to reenact it all. <laughs> yeah.
1: Shout out Jordan. Happy birthday, Jordan.
2: Yeah, happy birthday, Jordan.
1: Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> were we were in school with Jordan, so, yeah.
2: Uh, okay,
1: enough. yeah. Nice. Um, what so yeah you've done the road there so what what about the cycle um did you meet any people along this road to tell them what you were doing or did you just power ahead
2: i'm a bit weird i like i don't really like telling people what i'm doing for the same reason i just want to get done um, and yeah. so like my mum was shouting to all the people that she'd see like ah this is what he's doing like oh shut the fuck up like <laughs> 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 um but no, uh, there was a couple of, uh, we did come across people on the route, um, but now enjoying this us because like cycling from Wales to London is not really a dumb thing. Uh, the route was an absolute, yeah, it was hard. Uh, the, the, the cycle was probably the hardest bit of the whole thing. Um, you know, we did the first day, we did 110 miles and I, I definitely wanted to do more, but it was just. I was just so tired and um, just coming off the back of the row and it just my legs weren't there and there was a lot of climbing that day in the hills and i just got done but it was always just it was it was definitely a slog and in the pissings of rain the whole day so you'd be one minute you're dry the next minute you're getting soaked again and there's no point in changing because you're just going to get wet again um but you know um and then the second day of the cycle same thing and i just got so pissed off i ended up breaking my own bike because it got fucked on the floor and then i fucked the phone on the floor and then this i don't do this anymore there's a lot of bollocks and then uh i was just tired just so and hangry really really hungry and uh yeah that was stupid but it is what it is but the cycle was uh it was it was tough okay
1: how do you negotiate yourself with those difficult moments? Because I, what strikes me about your challenge is, you know, even when I did the triathlon, uh, you know, i oh, sure the swim is easy and then sure the cycle, you're just pedaling and then the run is your last thing. There, there's no stage of that in this, Ryan. It's, it's you know, you're, you've your heels throughout the first part, you've never rode before, and then you've just described how lengthy and uh, difficult the cycle was. So h- how do you, uh, how did you
2: keep up yourself? Oh, it just, you have to break it down into bite sized chunks every time. Otherwise, you're just, if you if you focus on the end goal, you're not going to do it because it just becomes un, unsurmountable. And I learned that last year. Um, I tried to do a race down in Kerry called the Kerry Ultra. And it's 120 miles of running, it's 19,000 feet. It's, uh, it's a big, big, big run. I went into it very naive with like no real, actual, proper ultra marathon running. Experience. I didn't. I didn't have a pair of trail shoes. I never ran up a mountain. I did run up a mountain before, actually. So it's a lie. Um. But yeah, you know, I was very, very unprepared, and I kept focusing on the end goal of 120 miles. That's the finish. 120 miles, and it just fucked me. You can't do that. You just have to break it down. And what else, I'm doing again this year, and um, for redemption, I'm just gonna break it down into 10 miles, and that's it. And just every 10 miles, just think, all right, let's reset. Let's go again.
1: And that's all you can do. That's greatly rewarding, I'd say. In that, um, we spoke before with Colum Doolan, and he's gone big into this type of endurance sport. And uh, not uh, to to your extremes or anything, but um, he had the name of a name of a marathon, I think, or something. Some long distancing anyway, and he said there was a great low point at the end of it because there's been such a buzz of trying to work up to that point, and mm. I suppose it's it's because it was it, it's an infatuation with a, an end goal, whereas it's not yeah. focused on the process and what's actually in front of him.
2: Yeah, definitely, it happens quite a bit with any of these big events, like the lull, um, it's the like event depression, you could say, and maybe I'm in a bit now. Like I haven't wanted to train all this week. I haven't really done much training. Just for the simple reason, it's like, you know, let's just reset. Um, I'm not one, if I don't want to do it, Like I know the difference when I'm being lazy and I know the difference when I don't want to do it. And I'm at that point now where I'm just like, right, let's just take this second week off because I still am quite fatigued. You know, 64 hours of moving is just a long time and 30,000 calories later, like, is is a lot of calories. So, um, and I keep telling myself, you know, oh, why, am I, why am I being lazy? But I, I still am tired, you know, from the events. Ryan, you're 20,
1: doing an event on Saturday, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I'm doing a tough mother on Saturday. Well, I think that's much of uh,
1: a break now, to be honest. <laughs> well, it's,
2: it's a little one. It's, it's only. You, it's only like, you,
1: you clearly hold yourself to very high standards.
2: Uh, I, think, I think we have to. Yeah. I'm accountable for every action I make, and I'm the only one that can be. No one's going to do it for me. Do you, you, but
1: I know you're fiercely competitive as a young uh, fellow with yeah. the motocross. But like, do you? I don't think you lick this off the floor. Are there other influences? Is it because family? Your mother was tr- with you throughout it. What, what is yeah. it? Yeah. Uh,
2: no, I think it comes like the drive comes from myself. And obviously, like racing motorbikes taught me a lot about life. In the sense of, if you want something, you have to work for it. And if you don't willing to work for it, well, it's not going to happen for you. It's that simple. You know, between my actual career, working in London and then, you know, doing all these things. This is fun. I enjoy going to these dark places and I seek these challenges. So anytime when it does get really hard, you know, I'm not it, this isn't like my job, for, for example. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to have this as a hobby and I'm, I've got that gratitude towards that. I can do this as a hobby. You know, it's never a chore. Uh, for that reason, so I think when you start looking at it as a chore, and um, that's when you, you lose the your funds lost for the simple reason, you know I have to do this. No, you don't. You know this. Your life doesn't depend on this. And I think yeah. too many people get so fixated that you know they have to do this next session or they have to do that, and if they don't, you know swear half people are gonna die if they don't do it. No, it's not the case. Just relax, man. It's <laughs> so maybe that's it. I don't I don't know if that's answer your question, but mm. I, I just don't take them too seriously i'm here for a bit of
1: fun yeah it is great to see that you've actually throughout your uh move into this endurance phase that you actually have progressed in your in your professional life as well you had now mm-hmm. a senior job with transport for london um, and yeah. it must be richly rewarding to see that it's, it is translating that you know everything that is you're taking on in your personal life is actually spreading out into all your facets of your life
2: yeah i think so um i work hard put the effort in you know you do get the rewards it's it's pretty simple people i know it's that cliche quote of you know the harder you work the luckier you get but i truly believe that
0: mm. is most of your time off work then spent training
2: uh a bit of both uh before when i did iron man and stuff jesus my life was mental when i was back in the office because i train in the mornings and at lunch and then i just go party at night the whole time and uh oh it was nuts like i'd get in at probably two in the morning i'd be back over like seven and then back training for like well no probably up at six up training for seven then going into the office then trying to do it every day and I, I when covid did come along it was great because i got to just chill out and not party anymore so uh yeah all my free time now is training uh but before it wasn't
0: is recovery not a big concern for you then
2: uh, well, it should be. Everyone's like Jesus, Ryan. Like you need to just rest. But well, I see it sitting in the pub having the crack of recovery. You know, mental, <laughs> mental recovery. Wow.
1: But no, no, I should.
2: I I do. I do view recovery now and um, very very important because yeah, before I just took the mic and uh, yeah, like two days before I'm on, I lost my phone on the session. Everything I was that drunk. Uh, the guy I went with, I yeah, he, he wasn't impressed. I live with him now. And uh, it was some funny stories, but yeah, I think my age, I got away with it. So I was only 26, so I can kind of do a bit of both. But yeah, the tender age of 28 now, you know, catches up on you. (laughs) How do you read? I
1: don't know, like I've always thought alcohol or any partying could easily become, could easily take over someone's life. It hasn't for you. Like, does it come back to just that personal discipline or is it just... Uh,
2: I don't think so. I like for me. I like I don't don't think I'm David Goggins here because I'm not. Uh, like I'm not sitting here like going out rate vest runs and never drinking and never having fun. You know, like I said, this isn't the job for me. I do this for a bit of fun on the side. And it's never going to be like my whole life. And um, so yeah, I think you have to have balance. Um, because if you don't, you just go mad. If I was to train all the time, I'd hate that. And if I was to go park all the time i'd hate that so just finding a happy medium um and that's that's just the way i look at it
1: fascinating um and it is interesting that you know the zero carbon element of your event is very closely related to your work as well like it's a- yeah
2: yeah uh, so tomorrow i'm actually presenting at the sustainability staff network group and um, so i have got to do a big presentation on about you know why i think it's important and you know you see it when you're out running or around the countryside yourself lads So like there's a beach down in Wexford and um, right where we live in um in Castletown and every time I come back I notice like how much it's it's eroded and it's that it's it's taken me you know this long to kind of realize that we do all have a part to playing this and it's not about being you know all hippie and all this and all that it's just like just be a bit more responsible. You know, we're all going to be, well, hopefully we'll all have kids someday. And, you know, I don't want my kids to grow up in a world that's that's terrible. So it's just about being a bit more responsible moving forward. And yeah, just trying to drive that initiative to people and just raise awareness. It's just raising awareness, I think, is the biggest thing at the minute. You know, there's not so much that we cannot do. We're not going to go buy a, uh, buy a hybrid tomorrow. You know, I don't expect people to do that. But just use your decisions a bit more wisely. Recycle, reuse things. Just silly little things like that do make the difference.
0: Hmm. Or we could run and cycle and row everywhere.
2: Exactly. <laughs> if you ever need to live to London, I'll be I'll your chauffeur, lads. So I'll bring us home. Back the
1: <laughs> bring our well, yeah. um It was another nice element of it, home to home, from the spire yeah, to the yard. Friend. How would you describe uh, living now in London as an Irishman?
2: Ah, It's great, Craig. Now, I've been here almost ten years now, and uh, mm. yeah, it's it's been it's been fun throughout. Um, I was actually meant to move to America right before COVID hit, but then uh, COVID put a stop to that. Um, but no, I I really enjoy my time here in London. It's a uh, it's good laugh. Mm.
0: Um, do you ever see yourself doing uh one of these races in the desert or the Arctic or one of those places?
2: Maybe the Arctic one. Uh, the desert one I think is. I know a few people have done it and they said it's hard, but it's not ridiculously hard for a simple reason. You're like, I don't want to shame anyone that's done it, but it's, you're, uh, you're tainted on and you got the tents and it's, um it, it is hard, don't get me wrong. But yeah, no, the Arctic I think would be the cooler for myself, but no, we're going back to Kerry. We're going to get that race done. 120 miles. You got 37 hours to get it done. Unsupported. 19,000 feet of climbing. That's, that's where my focus is going back now. When is that? 3rd uh, and 4th of September. Okay. And would that be for
1: charity as well? Or is that just a um,
2: I don't know, because I still have the charity page. And um, I don't know if I'll we'll keep it open for that. Um, I don't know.
1: Since you're I'm on really the, uh, will you, is the page, is the mental health page, uh, is that open
2: at the moment? It is. If you look up the 400 mile trot long, Ryan Davin, it's a GoFundMe page. You can go sponsor it there. And split between two charities, an Irish charity, Lust for Life, and a UK charity, the Mental Health Foundation. It must mean a lot
1: to you that you're able to do all this and, and raise a few bob for a good cause as well.
2: Oh, definitely, you know, and, you know, in my spare time before COVID, I used to volunteer at a homeless shelter. there. And, you know, I think it's, we all should do our little bit. And it's about just doing these little small acts. It's, it doesn't make it a big, big difference. It makes me laugh when people say you haven't got time because everyone has 24 hours the same as everyone else. But some people choose to use them more wisely than others. Um, And I choose to to help other people. So I enjoy it. Brilliant.
1: Um, (laughs) How how has London been for the last few days with the whole uh, Euros?
2: Oh, look how tanned I am. It's been baking over here it is. Um, it's been, it's been a good laugh, and that's why I couldn't take the call on Sunday because I actually kind of forgot that the final was on Sunday, and then I was out, and I was like, "Oh no, the four last." <laughs> so uh, sorry about that last. Um, awesome. Yeah, no, it was it was like electric. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the videos, but the place was buzzing, but it was uh, it was good cool, crack.
1: Covid's kind of over there Yeah Covid's <laughs> over Oh yeah
2: yeah It doesn't exist here anymore Pretty much Everyone just packs to normal life You see people in shops And all with masks now, And you're like Without masks you're like what's going on It's weird <laughs> to see people Some people mask masks on Now it's, it's going to that point Like
0: Jesus Wow Jeez. Yeah it's still do nothing over
2: here
0: no. Yeah nothing. Are the nightclubs no. And all open over there
2: uh, mm-hmm. They will be after the 19th Yeah Well it's coming for a rave lads
1: Yeah I think so <laughs> 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 that's good uh yeah. we we were saying last uh on our last episode there about have you ever heard about the few lads in um in coretown that they um they were 16 and 17 or maybe a little older and they hopped in the canoe and and went didn't tell their parents and just went over from uh coretown to Fishguard
2: no way did they
1: yeah, they caused a massive uh, scene altogether because then lightboats had to go and, and look for them. And uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, there were BBC news cameras over in Fishguard when they arrived. And yeah, they only went with a few uh, bits of Lucozain and Tato. And, uh, yeah, and did they
2: make it, yeah?
1: When they came back. Sorry?
2: Did they make it across?
1: Yeah, they made it across, around, yeah. They just got notioned and bored in the summer and they just said, here we go across to Wales, that's. And that was it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fair play to
2: them. I love that kind of stuff. That's amazing. Fair play to them, lads.
1: Fifty years later, you're doing the same. You're honouring them. You're 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 their legacy.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're a bit heavier than a canoe, and um, that's the only bad thing about the ocean rowing boats. They just they weigh almost a ton, and uh, to row it, it's just you have to keep your momentum up. And anytime you lose it, when the waves are bad, it just it stops, and it's just it's a bit of a nightmare. Um, one of the lads, Danny, who was the skipper, he was saying, you know, boys do it in the the sea kayaks. And they'll probably do it in like half the time that what we did it in, just for some reason. It's Just so light, and you can just fly across the water where we're pushing a lot across the water. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So who knows? I might might sea kayak next time for the crack instead of a uh, ocean round boat. Why yeah. not
0: boogie board after that then?
2: Boogie board, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was there any danger going across the sea? Like, was there?
2: Like, um. Risk? I think because I was so curious and naive to the whole thing that I didn't really see it as danger. Uh, maybe there was some dangerous bits because I don't have a clue. I don't really know. Did I, I did get really choppy one bit? Um, it was raining like pretty hard at one bit. And you couldn't see much dark, so you don't really see a whole lot. Um, but yeah, no, for me, I thought it was pretty pretty calm. calm saying slept like a baby on the boat. Everyone's like, you're not gonna get sick. Um took some seasickness sabbaths and literally like when my head hit the pillow, I was gone because I'd been up I don't know how long. I started that run at 12 o'clock, so midnight, and I didn't sleep. Well, I tried to sleep during the day the day before, couldn't sleep, so I was just too excited. And um by the time we were rowing and the time I actually went to sleep and all, it was probably like I don't know, 30 something odd hours later, maybe 35 hours later. Um so yeah, I was I was done. I'm just running double marathon as well. So, the
0: lack of sleep alone, like, yeah,
2: yeah. So, yeah, it was a uh, oh, jeez. um, wasn't fun a bit because you're like, it was one bit I was hallucinating so hard in the boat. and um, it was probably about three or four in the morning. No, it was bright, so it'd be a bit later, probably about five or six in the morning. And I just kept seeing this uh mountain with a giraffe over to the side. And I was like, Pritch, do you see that? He's like, no like shut up <laughs> and I be, and I, and I, <laughs> I just had to well know that the paddy came out again uh but I had to get a load of water and just throw my face to try to wake myself up and I slapped myself in the face and I just I was so sleep deprived that I was proper like hallucinating and hard and um yeah I just couldn't come out of it but then towards the end of it I just I realized I just need to stand up because you're sitting down even though you're rowing and it is quite difficult you, quite relaxing as well um, which sounds a bit weird but yeah and I had to just stand up and stretch out and uh, yeah I was, I was okay after that. That's crazy.
0: Has that happened before? Have you hallucinated before on runs? Uh,
2: Never on a run. Um, Last year when we were in proper COVID and um, I was back in Ireland uh, last year when COVID hit and I was working from there but still working for the UK company um, I decided to do a 24-hour cycle on a the turbo trainer so it's like a static bike so i just sat in the one room and just cycled the bike for 24 hours on zwift um, jordan was there my mum was there as my little support crew but um yeah that i hallucinated a little bit on that and um, just because i was just tired yet again um but nothing to the extent of of what this one was wow so. um
1: you mentioned there about the re- finding it relaxing at times during the rowing. Is that do you think uh, as a time when you're in a flow state?
2: Uh you've no coverage. You just have you and the ocean. There's nothing else around. You can't see nothing. It's just water and your you and your rowing partner. And uh, I'll I'll send the videos he's on after this. I don't think I put it on my Instagram, but it was just it was just beautiful. It was empowering. Is the only thing I'd say. You know, you're sitting there. you're you're watching him and you get the stroke right right and you're flying along the water and it's just it's just amazing you just forget about everything and you're just so in the moment Um, running you I get that kind of to a degree but you're still kind of watching your foot placement so you can't really do it much cycling a little bit but yeah with that I just got lost in it loads of times Um, we just it was such a surreal and good experience and uh, loved every minute of the row it was I'd pay to just do the row alone. And it was just unreal. Beautiful. We got to jump in the water as well, midway. And I Yeah, I just woke up, and all I see is uh, Danny getting ready. To, like One thing I will say, if you're ever going to row an ocean, uh, get ready for male nudity, because it's a lot <laughs> in the boat. Uh, so, yeah, I just woke up, and there he is like, pretty much naked, about to jump in. I was like, oh, shit, shit, I want to get in. So i am literally got my eyes barely open and then I jumped in and oh man, it was fucking freezing. Um, but then when I was in, because I only had, I jumped in with the GoPro and I kind of, like there was a little bit of a current so I was kind of getting pushed away and then I'm panicking because I'm like, shit, this is deep. Like I'm in <laughs> the middle of the ocean and I'm trying to swim with one hand. I don't want to drop the GoPro and I'm like, fuck. But then I got back in the boat. But then um, another funny story was Tom, the other lad who jumped, uh, the other rowing lad, he was uh moving around in the boat just, just after I jumped in and whatever way he moved, um the boat just went like one side to the other and I literally went up, head over heels into the water. And I was like, fuck, like if that was, you know, uh if we we're in a storm or like if the weather was bad and it hadn't just been in, like that would be proper dodgy because it just happened like that. And uh, yeah, I can see how you can fall in so easily. She to be tied in at all times, but yeah, we weren't tied in at all times. shouldn't say that, but we weren't. Edit that bit and say we were tied oh, yeah. in the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. How did um, the fella, preach? how
2: did he find it all? Yeah, he loved it. Um, Because he's just back from the Atlantic, so not so long. And um, he was a bit touch and go because uh, when you row, you get a thing where your hands don't really open up again. Because uh, they, were, they were out there for like nearly six weeks, uh, for two hours on, two hours off, for six weeks. All you do is row, row, sleep, row, sleep. And um yeah, his hands were really bad and he didn't know if he was going to be able to do it. And uh his shoulders quite sore. And yeah, but he 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 enjoyed it. He said it was, you know, really, really good crossing and uh it was a good crack. So but we had a we had a beautiful sunrise, no sunset. And they said we had some nice stairs, I don't remember the stairs, so I think it was just too tired. Um and then yeah, the rest of it was when we when we after after midway got really calm for a bit and like i mean it was like glass it's it's such a weird sight to see like it's like looking at glass in the middle you're sitting there on the water and it's just so dead flat and there's no noise and um yeah it's unreal it's like you know there's no animals it's just you out there and that's it
0: I, mean, I know you said you broke your phone or whatever out of frustration but was there any point in the entire thing where you thought I might I might not be able to finish this or were you always confident that you were going to get to the end? Uh,
2: I, I, there was never really like an outstanding point of like oh I can't do it. Um on the run of, I kind of got a stairs going to a bit of a dark place when we were going up over Periscope. court. And um, think we just run a marathon. And it was getting bright, and I was just really tired. And me and my brother Jerry, um, we were just both wrecked. And he said to me, and I said to him, like, "This is fucking hard." He goes, "Yep." And it was just, it just felt like that we just hadn't stopped climbing for a bit. I think we climbed for about ten miles to that point, um, and some of the climbs were only small, but still, you just can't run the climbs as you would run a flat. And we both just kind of a bit, just being a little bitches really um our heads were down we just didn't feel great but uh that was that was a dark moment um the cycling there was a couple of little dark moments um Stephen um, Stephen Murphy my cycling partner he helped me get through them um but never a point that I could, thought I couldn't do it no Did
0: the, were the partners a big factor in it
2: yeah um you know they 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 help um not even just to to like bring you on but just to have someone there and you kind of have a bit of banter even just like to have someone close to you it was, it's, uh, it's nice so yeah they do they do help a lot well for me anyway How did you cross paths with the the bridge fella? Uh, so he was on the panel for when I got selected to row the Atlantic um, he was one of them and then uh, we went down we did a, an ocean sea survival course sorry and you just picked it off. And I just said to him, like, look, when you come back from the Atlantic, um, I might have a challenge for you. And then um told him what I was gonna do. And he said, Yeah, he loved it. He's a Welsh man. He said, Yeah, I'd love to do that. i am be pretty sick. And his girlfriend's from Dublin. So um wow. it worked out really well. He he yeah, he said, Let's do it, and uh, that was it, and we've become mates since. Yeah. So nice, nah, proper nice guys, really, really down to earth, no ego, just nice fella.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, you, you're a fascinating guy, Ryan, because uh,
1: you're not, I don't know, we we kind of, we always kind of, we're big into self-improvement stuff and we listen to all the lads and, you know, and we're constantly say about the Kool-Aid, you know, like, oh yeah, he's drunk the Kool-Aid and, you know, we've all, the Tony Robbins and all, but yeah. you don't buy any of that. You're just Ryan Davin and that's Ryan Davin. I'm Ryan Davin and I do it the Ryan Davin way and this is Ryan Davin.
2: Yeah, I don't think he's trying to imitate anyone. What's the point? I, like, I, I just don't see it. I just don't understand it. For me, I just do me. And um, people like it; they like it. If they don't like it, they don't like it. It's, it's that simple. Very simple man in very many ways. And I think you know, too many people try to be too fake and try to impress people for I don't know what reason. Do you, man? Um, that's how I would say to everyone: just you do you. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. You can say the same to
1: our Flash Flood. I don't know if you, man. Uh, One second now. Where is he? He, he Who's Flash
2: Flood?
0: This is this is James Flood.
2: Oh, James Flood!
1: (laughs) Here he goes.
2: Oh, lads, this uh, this drinking outside lark is dangerous on
0: it now a few times and I have had the mother and father
1: of all hangovers after drinking outside <laughs> ever happened inside the pub bad things only happen outside the pub I can tell
0: you now them hangovers, the outside pints are causing oh Jesus, it's not, not worth talking about <laughs> next day is a right off <laughs> today he was out last night. It seems like it, yeah. On Monday. Mm. I
2: was going to say, it's Wednesday today, isn't it? Yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> no one
0: knows what fucking day it is. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
2: Go on, James, you my thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you, man. <laughs> do you do you, James. Yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of, you know, I surround myself with good people and, you know, that's, I think, the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, by doing that, you know you don't have to try to be someone here or not, and that that helps massively. And yeah, I like coming up with these crazy ideas and put, proving people wrong when they say I can't do it. It's great, crack.
1: Yeah, you follow through though. That's an important step in the process.
2: <laughs> yes, um, and I think it annoys people for some reason. No one will take a bet with me anymore because I say, oh, yeah, I'll do it. I will do it." Um, yeah, I've had a lot of stupid bets over time. Not even like sports and stuff. Just doing random shit. So we won't get into that. We won't get into okay. that. Okay. <laughs>
1: we'll leave that for a Patreon or something. Or OnlyFans. Yeah, that's
2: an OnlyFans one X ray <laughs> version. <laughs>
1: deadly. Deadly. <laughs> really? oh, that's all good. Cool. Uh, we actually conclude with uh one lean done. Let me get the book. He's over there. Easier. We take a random page from Lincoln's book. Yeah. And so if you want to pick a number from 1 and 286, right? Give me seven in. 17. Oh, 17. That's a number, a big number in yours. I see it in the picture behind you as well. Mm. That's
2: the number one but Irish Championship with,
1: so yeah. Okay. Stands to you. Mark, mm. take it away.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, his body language, language, however, was not that of a hurler in an All-Ireland Final. I think he knew as the game wore on that Limerick were about to lose their second final in three years. But I was a handy scapegoat in defeat. So there you have it. After 16 years of top-class hurling, this is what I have come to. A bitter man with time almost up. There
1: we
2: go. More darkness from Liam. Yeah.
1: Right. He always He's makes not- you think.
2: Yeah, yeah, what do I, do I respond to that? No, <laughs> well, this is just something we do. <laughs>
1: it's the same as Flashwood, you just let it hang there and you just uh, you just observe and walk yeah. on. Yeah. Jesus, yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Davin, best of luck with everything and uh, catch you on the, what's, what's your channels on the Instagram?
2: My uh, Brian, Davin or the Chili Shamrock. Um, you can find me there. Half Irish, half Mexican, hence the name.
1: You, the Davins you embrace that don't you Jordan just you know you just
2: have oh, you just know there's not too your own many, identity there's not too many of us floating around that yeah. we know uh, so uh, yeah if there's any baby mamas out there from mine you don't know me <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> on that uh, note yeah it's been,
2: it's been good lads thank you very much thanks very much and, um, cheers talk to you soon right. bye <laughs>